Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in as we are smack dab in the middle of Christmas and the new year. Bowl games here, NBA action, some of which taking place tonight, college hoops as well. Glad to have you with us. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. Do you think it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. I mentioned that Christmas is in the rearview mirror, Aaron, and the numbers are in from Christmas Day, from the great sporting day that that turned out to be on Saturday, the matchup between the Suns and Warriors. Are you ready for this? The two top teams in the NBA, Aaron, 5.1 million viewers. Sounds All good. Right. That sounds great. That sounds yeah. – oh, 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 wait. There was an NFL game. How, what, what, what happened there? In the it, similar time slot – on Fox, it was the Packers and Browns, and also appearing on the NFL Network. That game drew 28.6 million viewers. My so, goodness. <laughs> so, so you have – listen, I know the Packers are a brand, and I know the Browns are a brand. I, I don't know if, if the Browns are in, in the top three of the NFL. I don't think so. Top ten, for sure. I, I, I think that they are. Packers, obviously a brand. Aaron Rodgers – but you have the two best teams in the NBA, and the NFL had five times more viewers. And then you say, well, wait a second. Wait a second. It's one thing to have teams. And, yeah, Steph Curry is playing for the Warriors. But what do you do about your superstars? All right, let's take maybe the biggest superstar there is in the NBA, LeBron James. And they are at home taking on the Brooklyn Nets, who did play without Kevin Durant on Christmas Day. Understood. 5.7 million viewers for the game on ABC and ESPN. The Colts-Cardinals game that was on NFL Network only, 12.6 million viewers. Mm. Ari Miroff with these numbers on Twitter at MySportsUpdate. Uh, that's where we saw these. So the game on the NFL Network in a similar window to Lakers-Nets on Christmas Day in the Lakers uh, – I think the Lakers have played every Christmas Day. I don't think that there has been a year where the Lakers haven't played on Christmas Day. I could be wrong, but the Colts Cardinals more than doubled what the Lakers and Nets did on network TV. You want to talk oh. about the domination of the NFL? I think those numbers say a lot. Well, and I think that last part is important, right? Because you, you know, the the, the NBA fanboy, and we'll get a few of them tweet in. Oh, you know, I mean, the Packers coming, come on, and COVID this. No, listen. Here's the bottom line: is that you know, one, the NFL is king. It's not even close. But even just being on social media, and you mentioned what a great sports day it was. I was hosting Saturday night with Jason Martin. You could just feel the engagement with 
the two NFL games relative to the two NBA games. And that last part is so important, right? Because uh, if I, I could be wrong on this, but Brooklyn and the Lakers was simulcast, I believe, on ESPN and ABC. And I think yes. that was a combined number. I could be wrong on yeah. that. Um, but but for on, you know, you have one on network TV and cable, one on cable only with two organizations that, you know, no disrespect to the Cardinals or Colts fans, they just are not the big brand names. There aren't super marquee players. I know that Kyler Murray has kind of emerged this year, but Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor maybe will emerge over time. Um, It just shows you the domination of the NFL. Um, And I'm starting to wonder, Dan, it's something we talked about on my Saturday show, is last year, if you remember, the NBA was coming out of the bubble that ended in whatever it was, September, October of 2020. Mm -hmm. And there was this long back and forth of when are we going to start the season? Are we going to do it before Christmas? Are we going to do it on Christmas? Are we going to wait till after the new year? And when that happened, the NFL just kind of snuck in the side door and said, you know what? Let's just put one game on. We'll put one game on. You guys take your time. You figure out what you got to do. We're going to put one game on. And it did 20 million viewers. It was Saints-Vikings. And I really think they got a little taste for that Christmas Day pie, that Christmas Day TV pie. And I don't know if they're giving it back, Dan. I don't know if they're giving it back. And I'll tell you, when you got almost 30 million people to watch a a, a Packers-Browns game on Saturday on network TV – I kind of get the sense that they're not going to be in a rush to just say, hey, th- hey, uh, uh, NBA, we had a good two-year run, uh, but you guys, take take Christmas. It's yours. We can't possibly encroach on your territory. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I think you're right. In the NFL in years past has shown restraint. And this is something that I mentioned, I, I believe, with, with Doug a, a week or so ago as we were kind of looking in advance of the, the Christmas Day games. There was a time where the NFL would play nice with the other leagues. They used yep. to not schedule a game opposite Major League Baseball's World Series on Sunday night. World Series would end up uh, getting that exclusive window in, in a game one where the World Series would start on a on a Sunday night, or maybe it'd be a game two. But anyway, it would be the weekend that would have the, uh, the first World Series game because the schedule was a little different back then. The NFL wouldn't schedule Sunday night football opposite of that. That changed. They drew in higher ratings than Major League Baseball, and then Major League Baseball is now the one that kind of altered their schedule to make sure that their game six and seven ends up falling on on a weekday. The NFL can do what they want, and to your point, I mean, last year's game, you said on Christmas Day, was a Friday. Mm. So you want to... You want to talk about like adjusting your schedule, and there's no Thursday game this week. There's no Thursday game in the NFL. We know that the NFL has played on Thursday, but the NFL has usually stayed clear of Friday because of high school football. But they say, you know what? High school football is over with. We have an opportunity to put a game on. And as you mentioned, yeah, 20-plus million viewers. The 28 million viewers that they got on Christmas Day this year, second most watched game of the season behind only the Raiders and Cowboys Thanksgiving Day game. And this is... Uh, you go back to the Mark Cuban comments of a few years ago in him warning the NFL that, you know, the, the you get too fat, pigs get slaughtered. Mm. And, and it's just you just wonder if that 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 pig is just so fat that it won't ever get slaughtered. There's I, I just it's an interesting question. I mean, it is it is so like even if the NBA were to take a sizable chunk of. Or the let's not even say the NBA taking on, even if the NFL would just not people aren't interested in football. Let's just say not even in competition from the NBA, you still would need to draw in those NBA fans, and that's I. 
it, the NFL is just so far ahead. And I, I think at times, actually, I believe that the NBA has something to blame about it. I, I don't remember us talking as much NBA as we do, say, 10, 15 years ago, especially as much as we do. I think it's LeBron-centered. I think it's uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, you know, Steph Curry-centered. Like, we're focused on, on those. But it wears you down, Aaron. It is a like that's the one thing about football is where because of the window that it's in, it doesn't take up three quarters of the calendar year. It doesn't even take up half a year. So you try to get as much of it as you can. The NBA just after a while gets tiring to deal with. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting you say the pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered thing because I don't see it slowing down. I mean, you know, it, it blew my mind. You know, you mentioned this being the second highest rated game of the season behind that uh, Cowboys-Raiders game on Thanksgiving Day. And we talked a little bit about it, and I looked up the TV rating, and it was so big that I thought it wasn't true, and I didn't put the number out on air because I thought I was reading uh, the wrong article. And Steve DeSager later referenced that 38 million people watch that Cowboys-Raiders game, and it just shows you how big this this NFL monster has gotten. And I think it's going to be an interesting story to follow over these next couple of years because, uh, one, I, I agree with you 100%, and I don't know if it's just uh, you know a, a new group of owners owners that are more aggressive. I don't know if it's a new commissioner in Roger Goodell that's more aggressive, that pushed through Thursday night football, all that kind of stuff. Or I don't know if there's genuine bad blood between the NFL and NBA over how certain things have been covered, how certain you know media entities cover certain things and talk about certain things and whatever. But it does feel like there's bad blood, and it does feel like the NFL is not playing nice. They're doing what is best for them, uh, you know, and, and maybe their sport as well when you include college and the high school levels of football. But it was just something that stood out to me. And I think the next two or three years will be really interesting because you and I were talking before and uh, producer Bo was with me on uh, Saturday when we were talking about this. And the NFL uh, next year, uh, Christmas falls on a Sunday. One I'm curious to see, they've historically kind of played more of their games on Christmas Eve when, NF- when, when Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. One I'm curious to see if they kind of switch that up and play more games on, on, on Christmas Day. But then two, I, I think the next thing that's going to be really interesting – I know it's kind of weird to look this far ahead, but I think it'll be Christmas Day 2023. That'll be a Monday. Um, we'll, you know, Traditionally, we obviously have Monday night football, but if they go all out and they go three games on Monday, uh, you know, I think that's probably a pretty good sign that, that Christmas Day football in some form or fashion is here to stay. Now, we'll see what happens when Christmas Day falls on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but uh, you know, I think that, to me, is going to be the interesting one because if we get three games on Christmas Day uh, two years from now, and I know it's looking pretty far ahead, I think that's going to be a pretty good sign that, you know what, the NFL ain't playing around, and they're here to stay on Christmas Day. Yeah, what I think is is interesting as well is the NFL knows. I I think that they're smart enough to realize how much people want on Christmas Day. Your point of a triple header, they may do that. But I also think that they kind of know, you know what? Let's give them one really good game. Let's give them one really good game for the network to to the the broadcast network that we want uh, to to do a favor for. Let's give them a really good a 
you know, nice, juicy matchup. I think Browns-Packers was that. Sure. You have Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned you have the Browns and, and, and their brand, and, and sometimes it's their dysfunction that draws you in. That that brings you in. Even Saints-Vikings. Like like last year, like I don't think you'd put Saints-Vikings in the top five brands of the NFL, but still a good matchup with a good, you know, good teams, and you're going to watch that. I think that the NFL will do that, continue with these, you know, pretty good matchups. I just wonder if they are also are cognizant of Christmas Day. Most people do have things to do where you maybe don't want to take up a full nine hours of the day. Maybe Fair. they would just keep it at, at two. But either way, I don't think that they're going to stop in getting these these marquee matchups. To your point, I think they're just going to keep on steamrolling and, and doing whatever they can. And maybe, just maybe it's the NBA who's got to figure out something yep. different to do. Now, when Christmas Day falls on a Wednesday, I don't think that the NFL is going to have a short, <laughs> short week sure. and throw a game on a Wednesday. I don't think that that is going to happen. So maybe, you know, to your point of of what's going to happen down the line, even after that 2023 year, we'd have to see uh, what NBA ratings do. The one thing that I would defend the NBA in, and I just am curious because it's something that I'm not familiar with. I have a niece who's 14 years old that is into gaming, and so she'll play, you know, Fortnite. And and, and I apologize. I know I sound like an old geezer in saying Sega I'm not Genesis, sure yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, okay, continue, continue. Well, I know that she plays NBA 2K, so she knows players. One of my really good buddies back home in Wisconsin, his son, you know, 12, 13 years old, all into NBA 2K. And I just wonder, and I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to. Uh, trim the gap a whole bunch. And I'm not saying that his son's not interested in football or my niece isn't interested in football, but there is a factor of that age group that loves 2K. And as we sit here and we talk about the impact of John Madden, I just wonder if that will have any legs. I, I, I think that it could. I think that, the, that, 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 that kids who love the NBA 2K game – May stay connected to the NBA. I just don't think it's going to be enough to take a chunk out of out of the NFL. But that is a demographic that that I can't relate to, but one that is out there. So when you talk about future years, not even like three to five years, we're talking 10, 20 years down the line. If there is a two K NBA two K generation that has an effect in any of this. Well, and that's what the NBA's defense is with all this stuff is that the domestic ratings are going down, but they, they you know, you, and I've heard Mark Cuban reference this in interviews and Adam Silver as well, is that internationally they continue to grow, um, you know, digitally they continue to grow, uh, younger, t- you know, t- that kind of stuff the NBA plays really well in. Uh, I just don't know if it impacts, uh, if it negatively impacts advertisers that want to buy the NBA finals, that want to buy the NBA playoffs, that want to buy the Thursday night TNT pack package, whatever. I, I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, that's above my pay grade, but that is always the defense of the NBA. When you talk about declining ratings or you talk about the NFL does this many viewers compared to that many viewers, the NBA is always quick to point out that uh, whether it's in China or whether it's in Europe or whether it's in, in, you know, this continent or this country, we're doing well and our YouTube numbers are this and our digital numbers are that. And so, uh, again, it, it is a more nuanced conversation than just, uh, well, the NFL did this many numbers and, and the NFL did this many viewers, but I also do think that there is something to be said of when you can draw 30 million viewers to the TV on Christmas Day, uh, it's going to be hard to give that up. 
He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Today's show brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, they may try and tell you that the NFL MVP race is just a two or three horse race it is not we tell you why next here on fox sports radio be sure to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app doug gottlieb show on fox sports radio i'm dan Bayer. he's aaron torres in for doug today it can happen easily a few drinks become a few too many it's time to go do you think of calling for a ride home now nah, what's the worst that can happen you get pulled over you lose your license you total your car you kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Going to be checking in with our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, in just a little bit. So not only take a look ahead to Week 17, but the playoffs and also the possible coaching carousel. It's at least started to turn in Jacksonville as they are interviewing candidates this week. We will uh, dive into that and so much more in about five minutes or so. I do want to read a couple of tweets. Troy tweeted in, the NBA is just plain boring. It's not that the NFL is too big. It's just that the NBA isn't garnering any new fans. I think that the NBA regular season can get boring and tedious at times. I agree there. I do think that the NBA is generating new fans and garnering new fans and doing it not only domestically but worldwide, but it's just not enough to put in on a, on, on on TV numbers that are for the United States when you go head-to-head against the NFL. It's just there's, you know, the NFL is just a monster, and it shows you where people gravitate to if they have the option, NBA regular season games or NFL regular season games. I think that's fair. No, I think that's fair. It's it's unfair. I'm critical of the NBA as anybody. It's unfair to say that they're not gaining any new fans. But I do think uh, I do think your point of just the regular season just seems too long. Um, and increasingly, look, and, and we talked about it a little bit earlier with these bowl games, is people say these bowl games are meaningless, players are opting out. When the players tell you that they don't care, it makes it harder at times for the fans to get excited. And I do think that as you see NBA players over the last few years with the load management and basically saying, uh, you know, the regular season doesn't matter to us, I think it makes it hard for the casual fan to get into it as well. We continue to talk NFL as Aaron, I don't know if you know it or not, but my MVP pyramid was released today. Every Wednesday throughout the season, this started in week one. Yes, after week one, there was an MVP pyramid. Players that we felt were in the conversation of the MVP, or basically I did because I'm the one that makes up the pyramid. No surprise to anyone that Aaron Rodgers remains in the top spot. There has been some pushback for who I have at number three, but I have Tom Brady at two. Jonathan Taylor remains number three. People pushing back saying, hey, was Derrick Henry in your top three last season? No, he wasn't. And Aaron, there's a really good reason for it. There wasn't a pyramid last year. So that's why he was not in the top three. So you can deal with that. I have Cooper Cup number four, Josh Allen five, Doc, uh, Dak Prescott six. And then in my bottom line of my pyramid, Joe Burrow seven, Justin Herbert eight, Patrick Mahomes has jumped back in at number nine. And I put Micah Parsons in at number 10 as well with some defensive flavor. But I tease that the MVP isn't a three-horse race. 
I actually think the MVP race is probably over with right now. You I think I, so, I, huh? Yeah, I, I, I really do. Unless Green Bay falters in front of national, you know, a national TV audience coming up on Sunday night against the Minnesota Vikings, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to, to win it again, even if Tom Brady ends the year with a great stretch, Green Bay is likely to grab that number one overall seed. I don't see them I don't see them losing to Minnesota despite them losing at Minnesota earlier this season, and then they're at Detroit the final week. You would expect that to be a victory. I just don't think that there's anywhere that Aaron Rodgers has faltered and or will falter, and that's actually been the reason why he's gained steam is Brady and others have maybe faltered yeah. a little bit. Brady, not as much as maybe Dak having a bad game against the Broncos or Josh Allen getting into a bit of a funk and even Patrick Mahomes. But Rodgers has been trending upwards since that awful game in week one, and it took him a while to get into the pyramid. But now that he's on top, I think it's going to be difficult to knock him off that perch. Let me ask you just one quick question really quick. I know we got to get to Adam Kaplan. Is um, What is your stance on Cooper Cup? Because you know I, I've obviously heard, and, and I love these guys. I'm not criticizing them at all, but, but Chris and Rob talked about it on their show. We've played the promo throughout the breaks that they don't believe that a wide receiver should be a, a legitimate uh, MVP candidate just because you can't be a great wide receiver if somebody's not getting you the ball mm-hmm. in spots where you can make plays. I tend to agree, and I think just I, I tend to disagree. Excuse me, and I tend to think part of it is because new quarterback in the organization. You lose Robert Woods. You have to integrate Odell Beckham. Uh, you lose Cam Akers in the preseason, and Cooper Cup has been kind of the glue that has held it all together. Uh, I don't think he's going to win, like you said. I think Aaron Rodgers is is comfortably in the driver's seat. But I would have no fundamental issue if Aaron Rodgers weren't quite as good or whatever. If Cooper Cup got a real run at that thing. Yeah, I think it's the Rams' success that plays a part, a part in it. It is his consistency where he's been there. It's not as much about challenging Calvin Johnson for that top mark because, again, Johnson did it in a 16-game schedule. Cup could break the mark in a 17-game schedule. It's tough to kind of compare those two. But I, I, I do think at times that we've seen in Rams' defeats, Cooper Cup's been a nice guy to dump the ball off to, maybe get some of those yards because you obviously are in throwing situations. But his ability to be Matthew Stafford's number one guy despite the injury to Robert Woods and continue that and have defenses have no idea on how to stop him, I think he's worthy of being in that top five conversation. And honestly, with the Colts and their surge, it has been on the shoulders of Jonathan Taylor. So even though he may not break any rushing marks this year, he has been so valuable to them on offense. It's made Carson Wentz's life a little bit easier. Uh, he is by far and away the best running back in the National Football League, and that's why uh, he should be there. And, and there is there is one quick name that I'll mention, and then we'll get to Isaac and, and Adam Kaplan. Debo Samuel is not in my pyramid. He dropped out. But I think at the end of the day, when I get to my top 10 candidates and we wrap it up after week 18, to see what he's done this season and basically played two positions for a team that is likely headed to the playoffs and done both of those really, really well is uh, you at least deserve some recognition for that. So he didn't, didn't, didn't make the rankings this week, ended up dropping out after the loss to Tennessee, but you could see him again. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go, and you think of calling for a ride home. Now, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Adam Kaplan knows I have issues, but he still joins us uh, every Sunday on our show. And today, getting our midweek fix from our NFL insider that you can also hear on the Inside the Birds podcast and Sirius XM NFL. Hello, Adam. How are you? Guys, good to talk to you. Yeah, I was listening uh, before I came on here, and... Listen to your little MVP uh, 
Pyramid. Sort of update there. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I have to vote in two polls that are doing about a, uh, two weeks. One is the Pro Football Writers Association poll, which I vote in every year, which is the most extensive, by the way. They vote on everything. It's minutia. It takes me actually a couple hours to go throw them all. <laughs> they do assistant coaches of the year and so forth. They do all the ones that the AP does, plus others. So uh, I would agree with the assessment. Aaron Rodgers got to be one. That, that's, where, that, that's where I would lean right now is he's the MVP. Yeah, I, and I think it's going to be tough to knock him off of that that top spot. And Green Bay right now sitting there in the top spot, uh, not only in the NFC, but also with the best record in the NFL. Aaron and I have talked about the playoff field, what we're looking at right now, the expansion of the playoff field, how that affects certain teams. I want to go to your backyard. Sure. Last year, the Bears made the playoffs, but I didn't think they were a playoff team. The Eagles yep. are sitting in that seventh spot right now in the NFC. Would be in the playoffs if the season ended today, but are the Eagles a playoff team? Your thoughts on Philly? Yeah, I do think they, that they'll get in. Uh, they, they need very little to happen. If they win Sunday, they're in. Uh, they've got every tiebreaker uh, under that scenario. The only one they don't have is with Minnesota, but Minnesota trails them by a game. Uh, so if the Eagles win, they're in. Um, you know, when you look at their situation, they've got a rookie head coach. They, they're the only NFL team. This is interesting. Someone told me, and I, I checked on it. It's true. They're the only NFL team that the play callers are doing for the first time. Nick Sirianni, the head coach, is calling plays for the first time in his career. And John Gannon, uh, the D coordinator, is calling plays for the first time in his career. So they've been able to overcome that and their struggles early. They've won three out of, uh, in a row. Uh, five out of seven, they're playing good football. Are they a playoff team? Yeah, I would say so. Now, when you run the ball like they do, the NFL's best running game, most attempts also, what's interesting about that is that after seven weeks, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles' starting quarterback, averaged 35 pass attempts per game. Well, he's averaging about 23 to 24 most weeks. Uh, Like last week, it was a little bit higher. But they have a formula that seems to work. Their defense has gotten better. They've handled, you know, one thing we don't talk a lot, but we should, is about the COVID issue. They they have some of the lowest COVID numbers uh, in terms of players being on the COVID list this year. They just got got four off of it today. And when you got to look at injuries and COVID, that's not just injuries anymore. It's it's how many players are out due to that issue. So, Adam, I want to go 30,000-foot view here. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan and I were just talking about this a minute ago. Is Last year, you know, the NFL, there was a few different reasons why they went on Christmas Day, but one of them was we didn't know when the NF- NBA season excuse me, was going to start. This year, we just got the numbers in today. Almost 30 million people checked in mm-hmm. on that, that Packers-Browns yeah. uh, uh, game. Do you get the sense that the NFL at some point is just going to say, we've played nice with the NBA too long, we're taking over Christmas Day like we did Thanksgiving, or was this just kind of a unique circumstance it falls on a Saturday. We normally have Saturday games in December. What is your sense for the future of NFL football on uh, on Christmas Day? So my, I, I could tell you just from always checking this when I was at ESPN, and I always like the minutia of, of why, what they're thinking is. They're open-minded about, and obviously the networks have a lot to do with it because the networks have to agree to it. Uh, it's really, it's more, it's kind of a combination, but they like doing late. They like doing week fifteen, week sixteen, week seventeen. They like having. They like doing a, a Saturday game. They've done that quite a bit over the years. And now, don't forget the big thing. I totally forgot about this until I I, I have uh, I have a deal with Twitch. I have to host a, a game, a wild card game. I forgot this year they're doing a wild card game on Monday night, That's right. which is just bizarre to me. But hey, this is this is what it is. So I, this might be here to stay. To answer your question, the the, the numbers are so overwhelming. And it's not surprising because we're, what else do we have to do on Christmas? Like what other than be with your family? Like Thanksgiving, for example. What do we love to do? Watch football on Thanksgiving. It would always be the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. But there's no tradition with these Christmas teams because this is kind of new to them. 
But I, I, I would not be surprised if they have Saturday games in the future. But as you said, I mean, it's Christmas, so that, that gets you the extra crowd. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer, sitting in for Doug. Jaguars are starting to talk to head coaches yeah. because they have their interim um, other teams have decided to keep their coaches, even though they make changes uh, later on. Are, are, are people going to like see how Jacksonville has done this? Are they uh, mm-hmm. with this new policy? How is this going to work out? And is Jacksonville getting a head start on everybody by being able to talk to all these coaches first? Yeah, well, they could talk to any guy who's available, like any guy who's not coaching right now. So um, they'll eventually get to Todd Bowles. I know that I'm told he's on their list. I've, I've heard behind the scenes who... Doug Peterson, who's interviewing this week, and Todd Balls have on their staff. They're pretty good staffs that they're considering putting together. Um, you know, Doug Peterson's a guy. Look, the guy's a Super Bowl winner. Uh, they have to develop the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. That's the big deal. Whoever comes in must have a plan to develop that quarterback. It, you, Dan, you and I talked about on your your, your weekend show about the, all the issues with Urban Meyer going back to last February, which is it started out as a disaster and it ended as a disaster. But they're also going to want someone who's not going to cause a problem and. If you know anything about Doug Peterson, Todd Bowles, these are solid earth people who will not cause a problem. And they're winners. Uh, Todd has been one of the better D coordinators in the league for many years. He's a former head coach who did not have a good GM, unfortunately. And it didn't work out for him with the Jets. But Doug, look, Doug won a Super Bowl, uh, as we know. Beat Bill Belichick, coached the game of his life, and out Coach Belichick, which no one really ever says, but he did. And so did his staff. But uh, th- those would be some good choices. And I know they have, they've got some other ones that they'll be looking at. But to answer your question, yeah, the, you, you, you could do this with guys who are not coaching right now. That's the best way to do it and getting ahead of it. And we haven't seen, obviously, we have not seen anyone fired. I know there was some speculation about a couple of coaches might be canned, but that, that they're not, these teams are not worrying about that because you typically don't rush into anything unless you, you're so worried about another team getting, uh, getting in, in the mix. And that, that could happen. Look, that could happen next week. So, but you We'll see what happens here uh, with Doug Peterson because I, I feel like he's got a real good shot if he interviews well. So, Adam, you know, one another thing Dan and I talked about earlier in the show, the AFC appears to be so wide open oh, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, obviously, Casey, we know they've clinched and, and they're on track to get that first round by, so that obviously gives them an advantage. But is there one team, is it Indy, the way that they're playing, the way that they run the ball when they have their full offensive mm-hmm. line? Uh, is it LA? Is there one team that, that, People in the league are like, you know, this team might not be a, a, a division winner, might not have home field advantage, but this is the team that we don't want to see because it just feels like it's wide open and just about anybody that gets into that field out of the AFC could end up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, it's a good point because India has turned their season around for the second time in Frank Reich's career. They started off with either one and four or one and five, and they've turned their season around where... Uh, the, the Colts, now I know the Carson Wentz situation, and, and you, by the way, the Colts were one of the lowest vaccinated teams to start the season, which is concerning, and you saw a bunch of players go on their COVID list. Some come, came off today. And with the adjustment in the rules, you know, the hope, the, the hope is that guys like Darius Leonard and other stars will, will come back soon. But, yeah, I, I would say you're on the right track. I have a lot of good comments from people who have played the Colts. They, it, it's funny, I was asked this question on Fox Sports Radio two weeks ago. I mentioned Dallas. I said, guys, Dallas is one of the strongest teams in the NFL. I know people hate them, but they're just, they got a star offensive coordinator. Dan Quinn's done one of the all-time jobs of coaching defense. They're right there, and obviously they're second seed. And then the sleeper team would be the Colts. I agree. I, I, they have won three in, a, three in a row, six out of their last seven. 
Oh, they, they really handled uh, both the, the Patriots and the Cardinals the last two weeks. They could have beaten the Bucs. That, that game could have gone. That was a crazy game. That was, that was their defense play well. They should have won that game. You saw them absolutely destroy Buffalo and Buffalo, which is hard to do. So I like your assessment. Yeah, I, they would be if they're – of all the teams that are going to go to the playoffs, and they're definitely going to go, they're the one team no one's talking about that could get to the Super Bowl. I, I, although Kansas City right now is clearly a favorite. The way that Andy Reid's got things turned around there after that. They, were, they had a losing record uh, at home for a while there, but they've turned it around. They've been 11-4. No one's playing better than them. But if there's a team that could go into Kansas City and win, I agree. I believe it could be the Colts. Uh, last one for me, Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Find Adam on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Panthers turning back to Sam Darnold as their starting yeah. quarterback. I don't care how they fare in their next two games. I'm just more curious what happens after that. I mean, obviously, a fresh start at the quarterback position, yeah. but should Matt Rule be worried? What are they going to do in Charlotte with uh, this crazy season for the Panthers? Yeah, just, just I've checked. Listen, here's the deal. Just from checking into it. Um, they know, you know, privately, my conversations with them, they know where this – they know that two things have to happen. They've got to get their franchise quarterback, and they've got to improve. They have one of the worst offensive lines in football. They're going to address the offensive line. They addressed the defense last year. They have a good defense. Uh, you know, they lost Christian McCaffrey for the season. They lost uh, Horn, uh, J.C. Horn, who they love, who might have been for defensive rookie of the year running, but unfortunately he got hurt. And now, obviously, we know Parsons is going to get it with Dallas. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I know some people around the league think that uh, the owner, David Tepper, will be patient, impatient and – Maybe after year three, something happens if this happens again. But I, I'd be shocked. Remember now, he has full personnel control, does, does uh, Matt Rule. And he's getting paid somewhere, I believe, $7 million plus a year. I know Tepper could afford it. He's a billionaire. Um, I, I just, my talks to them privately, it doesn't, I don't get that sense that it's going to be going down as a firing. That would be, that would still be a surprise firing if that happened. I don't see that happening there. I had a GM predict that was... Jim is pretty plugged in. He gave me four teams he thought, and he did not think that was going to be Carolina because um, Rule has – it's not like with Urban Meyer at full personnel control, that one was easy because he embarrassed the team. Matt Rule's not embarrassed the team. They just they, – they, they took over a total rebuild, and that's, that's what it is. He's Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider again. Hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast and Sirius XM NFL Radio and right here on Fox. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. I will talk to you after the new year, Adam. Um, so happy new year. We'll talk soon. Same to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Radio. Saquon Barkley was not asked about his New Year's resolutions, but he was asked something that you wouldn't believe. You'll hear it next year on Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Fox Sports Radio, it's the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Aaron Torres. We are sitting in for Doug today. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. Isaac Lohenkron is here to give us an update on everything that we need to know in a segment we like to call... The press. All right, let's put a bow on this one. Isaac, what do you got? So this Sunday, the New York Giants are going to be playing against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field, which is where Saquon Barkley, the Giants running back, tore his ACL last season. And he was asked about returning to Soldier Field today. And the question was rather, rather strong, involving literally suggesting that he commit an act of arson. Listen. Hey, Saquon, I know you guys are going back to Chicago where obviously you tore your ACL last year. Some players that are looking for closure, they'll go back to the spot that it happened and spit, you know, maybe even want to burn down the stadium that it happened in. And is, that, is that something that, you know, you, you've you considered doing for all this? No. Did he ask if he considered arson? Is that... Oh, man. As Will Ferrell said, that escalated quickly. Dan, I know you have uh, I know you had a bad segment last uh, segment. Have you ever considered burning down the studio? Uh, just out of curiosity. Just, just throwing it out there. My, That's my a notes, wild. yes. Not actual was, structures. Was that a that, – that had to be like a like – a, that couldn't have been a real, like, media member. Like, uh, oh, my God. What kind yeah. of question that, was that? That, to me, is worse than the New Year's resolutions one. And I don't even think the New Year's resolution one. It was just the timing of it. <laughs> Of when it happened to Bill <laughs> Belichick, this is like going on and adding and adding, and then you're trying to put words in his mouth. That's uh, just yeah, it's not good. Not exactly the most stellar week no. for our chosen no. profession. There, no, there are it? people that would like to burn that building down, though, because uh, and, and maybe the Bears so they could get their new stadium outside of town. But there yeah. was a oh my gosh, I you just you just cracked the case that it's all one big conspiracy, yeah. Dan. You're right. <laughs> it's an inside job. There was the Great Chicago Fire in 1871. Man, you're on a roll today, reading between the lines with everything else. All right, so the tributes have been coming in, obviously, all day uh, for for the legendary John Madden after he passed away yesterday. And one of the more unique tributes we want to play for you comes from his previous broadcast partner before he formed his epic team with Pat Summerall. Would you believe it's none other than now 94-year-old Vin Scully. And today on NFL Network, he reminisced about working with John Madden with Fox Sports Radio alum Andrew Siciliano. Listen. When I worked with John Madden, it was as if he was summoning everybody. I I had the feeling that the whole world was going to tune in to hear John and that I had best be on my best behavior. So I think just his presence made me a little bit better. He was bigger than himself. His heart was bigger than anything else. And I loved his laugh. 
So all in all, I enjoyed the year that I spent with John. He taught me so much. We got along exceptionally well. And one quick footnote, guys. They actually worked four games together in 1981, and then Madden worked four more games with Pat Summerall. And after each guy had done four games with Madden, the CBS executives had to decide, who do we permanently pair John Madden with, Pat Summerall or Vin Scully? Can you believe that? And obviously they picked Pat Summerall, and the rest was history. Decisions, decisions. You can back end that one, Don. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, it's still tough to think, Aaron, even 24 hours later that John Madden is gone, but the tributes and, and one like that from Vin Scully, just awesome to hear. Absolutely. It was fun, Dan. Appreciate it was a lot you, of fun. Uh, Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron, uh, Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. It's been fun. Talk to you next time. Be well.